Okay, okay, okay. Versatile vigilante, young Vince, Uncle Vinny. We got the young legend in the building, Mr. Trefe TV. Hey, man. My guy. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here, man. First interview ever. And uh means a lot, man. The grind grind is grind has been worth the wait. Love that, bro. I, I really appreciate you coming out here. I'm really excited for this conversation. I know we got a lot to cover. Yeah. Um, so because it is your first interview, though, I'd like to hear a little bit about kind of where you grew up and we can kind of go from there. Um, initially, I was uh, I was born in Nigeria and um, around 20, 2010, me and my family came here and been living downtown and we've just made the most of the community we came from. Love yeah. that. When you came to Toronto, was that a culture shock for you? Oh yeah, for sure. I got to experience things that I, obviously I wasn't able like to experience in Nigeria. So like having to you know see snow for the first time and um, you know seeing white people like I never saw white people until I came to um, until I came to Canada. So I was amazed that white people had like longer hair instead of like curly. Or like nappy hair, so it was like that was like one of my first culture shocks. I was like, wow, there's like there's actually white people in their snow. Because only t- my own experience of like exposure of white people in, in Nigeria was like in TV shows. So when I saw him first, and I was like, wow, white people are real. Very interesting, man. That that I could see that. I'm pretty much born and raised in Toronto, so I can definitely <laughs> see how if you're not used to that, it could be a shock. Yeah, it's just something I never experienced. I was just like, whoa, awesome. <laughs> yeah we're here now yeah love that bro so you grew up in like a downtown part of the city too mm-hmm. so you jumped right into one of the busiest one of the busiest areas what kind of like even in like your high school days how are you moving around what kind of stuff are you into i know you're a, a creator and i want to dive super deep in that but i'm curious as to your origin story in this game. yeah i was just um in terms of creative i was just always outgoing i was also, I was also reserved but as well i go outgoing i would always talk to people i would always you know also stay in my own space so i was just very to myself and i would love to play basketball i played hoops i got into play i initially obviously from nigeria like would play soccer first mm-hmm. soccer was the big sport in nigeria so when i came here i was playing a lot of soccer and then after i started playing uh i mean football what we called it and after i started playing basketball and I got into basketball around like grade six, seven, and that's when I really got into exposed into like the Western culture from playing basketball and just hanging out with my friends, seeing what they listen to as far as music, seeing what they watch as far as like you know anything anything that they found funny and all that. Got you. You mm-hmm. feel like that kind of broke you out of a shell a little bit? Yeah, that's just kind of made me like you know try to quote unquote fit fit in. That was like the the first part of it. Like playing in sports for sure. Got you. So I I met you at a, a school program actually, which was for just a small world, and we got to talking a little bit, mm-hmm. which was an amazing experience. And then I learned that you're also a content creator. You have YouTube video skits. You've done a bunch of different shit. Just made well, music. Made music. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't even know you made music, so I'm learning already. <laughs> what was the first? What was the first thing you decided to kind of create and show others? What was the first thing that you put out? Uh, it was initially a a video of me um, dancing to like a, a at the time 
um, what's it called? Her name, Catch Me Outside, uh, Daniela yeah, yeah. Bergoli. Yeah, she was trending at like, cause I started this like when I was like sixteen, seventeen. Okay. So around that age, I was like, that was trending. So I was like, let me get my camera, follow the trend, and post it up. So that was like my first like ex- like putting myself out there into the creative world. That was the first thing I did. Was it something where you were thinking about? doing something like that for a while or was it very like spur of the moment i mean things transpired after it goes to like if when we talk about like why i even go with trife because that's a it's also a story on its own but yeah that after that instance that i got my name trife that then just i got this inner um inner intrinsic intrinsic drive to just you know go out there and just put myself out there in the content realm so that that was like my first like push to just do it, and then after I just kept going one video after the other and didn't think about it. Gotcha. You got a good reception from your friends. The first video I was uh, first video was was okay. Like it got reposted more so in international blogs. Okay. So I got some like American attention from it, like more than um Canadian. So that was like what kind of made me think like if a. Uh, like if a blog from America could see this video and that content and repost it, you know, I, I knew I then I was like maybe I have you know, right? It was it was something worth it, you know, like building on momentum with. Right, you're already seeing potential here, some borders that you could be breaking, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah, seriously, yeah. That's so I was just like, why not keep going? You know, hundred percent, bro. And you started as Trife. I started at Sav underscore Trivia. Sav underscore Trivia. Because during that 2016, 2017 time, 21 Savage was like trending a lot. Like everyone wanted to be called Savage or the Chicago rap scene. It was like a lot of music talking about Savage. So I was like, I just incorporated it into Trife. Interesting. Were you big into that that scene? The Chicago scene. The the tra- tra- oh, of course. Every, everyone was into that scene. I was like, I was a big time. Uh, everyone would just sit down, gather, and watch Chief Keef. Almighty so <laughs> so so that's a huge time in history bro it's wild that you say that because I, I uh even when I was still in high school I'm a little older than you but he was already popping and mm-hmm. Chief keeps like a fucking it's like a brotherhood kind of bro like people that understand Chief Keef it's like it's it's like a timestamp in, in life the Chief, Keef, the Chief Keef era yeah pre-Chief Keef that was a different Because now everyone, like, even me now, I started getting locks, right? Before that, like, it wasn't really a thing, like, to to have locks and look, quote-unquote, you know, hip or trendy, you know? You're right, bro. That's actually, I never thought about that because short hair was much more common for rappers. Or, or tapers. Or like, yeah. Everyone had tapers or low cuts. So Chiki transcended, like, the whole culture. He absolutely did, bro. You're, right. you're absolutely right. And that whole scene introduced a lot of lingo. You mentioned Savage. Even, like, like the broski term. is. Yeah. I started hearing it from those guys. Maybe it was from others. But, yeah, like, yeah. those guys are super influential. They've influenced a lot of America and, like, Canada, too. So, shout out to Chief, man. Shout out Chief Keith, man. Shout out to the whole Chicago. Definitely huge, huge influence. Yeah. Um, so I want to hear this tree face story though, bro. We're dancing around it. I got to hear it. Um, so pretty much it's, uh, um, uh, where did I even start? Okay. So around like 16 or 17, um, me and my friends, we are, you know, we go to a youth night program in our church okay. Friday. So we, uh, 
you know, we were there, we we get bored, you know, after the, we do like a couple of church things and we start playing games, you know. So one of the games we were playing around the block was like, we're playing tag. So we start running around. I'm one of the last people to get caught. And then I was thinking it was a good idea to like, you know, go up on a tree by the bench. So I do, I do go there and then all of a sudden, like everyone's still looking for me and I'm like, yeah, no one's gonna catch me. I was feeling good, so. And then I was like, all right, let me get off the tree. And then I realized there was a problem because then I realized my leg was stuck in between the branches. So instant panic, you know, I was still very young at that time. So I was like, I was very like, you know, worried. I was like, are they gonna amputate my leg to get me out of here? And is my friends even gonna see me? Cause at that time when I was stuck, my friends didn't even know I was stuck. So, so one of my friends uh, comes by and then he sees me on the tree and it's like, you know, instant laughter. <laughs> like we're all 16, 17 and it's like, they're all pointing and laughing. It's like, you know, they're like, how'd you get stuck on a tree? You know, like, you know, before that, they do that for like at least 30 minutes straight laughing. That's how you know that's your real friends, man. Straight, straight laughing before they actually start like taking it a bit serious. And then it's like, <laughs> it's like no, I'm never lying. Like, maybe 40 minutes straight of laughing. So I was just there. I was like, I was in, I was a bit of panic before, but when they came, I started laughing. And then I was like, okay, how am I going to get off this, right? So I was, and then after they called the police, actually. So then they called like 911 and then firefighters come. And, no, <laughs> this is the funniest moment. The, the dispatch call was like, oh, what's what, 911, what's your emergency? And they started laughing. It's like, oh, my friend is stuck on, on a tree. Do you say a cat? No, they're like, no, my friend is stuck up on a tree. That's hilarious. And then they pull up, and then it's like whole neighborhood flooded with police just because of me on top of that tree. <laughs> like, flooded with police, fire trucks, and everything because my leg's stuck. And then after, then after, I'm like, okay, it's real, like, you know? And then after it got worse, then it's like, all right, my crush from the block comes out. Mm, it's like a movie, bro. <laughs> the girl I have a crush on from the block comes out, sees me stuck on a trick. I'm like, okay, great. And there's cameras in my face. Isn't like, again, that era where, like, everyone is already on Snapchat, Instagram. So it's like, I'm like, all right, this is not embarrassing. So I was like, all right. And then the, the firefighters is like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I'm trying not to cry. It's already bad as it is. <laughs> And then I took off my, my jacket at the time, and I was like, they're like, all right, try and push your leg, push, push, push. I just tried pushing it, pushing it. I couldn't get it out, so they tie a chain around one branch. It's like thick branches. Like When I mean thick branches, like it was my knee was stuck right in between. So they, they get a whole chain tied on one branch, and then they pull it, mm -hmm. hoping for me to pull out and get it out. And unfortunately, that's what happened. And I got out, and then after I went to go get some poutine, I started crying when I got my poutine, and, and then... You know, like I said, the social media, everything was captured on pictures and tape. So the whole school knew. I was already known in school because I was like an athlete. Right? I was I was back-to-back -back student athlete of the year. Before that, I was, but I was already known athlete at the school. Right. So when everyone saw that, they were like, because my first name is like, part of my first name is Ife. Okay. So they just added the tree. So it's like everyone started calling me Trife because someone posted it. It was like, oh, Trife got stuck. Ife got stuck on a tree. And it's like. No, and that's how it just stuck. It was like tree fan. That's like the origin story, really. That's an unreal origin <laughs> story, bro. I feel like you kind of, of course, it's embarrassing. Of course, it's uh, like, oh, fuck. But I feel like you you embraced that pretty well. Is that fair to say? It sucked at the time. My ex rubbed it in my face. Mm. She was like, you got stuck on the tree. And I was like, yep. And she laughed a bit. Not too much, but like she was like, you know, 
She was like, uh-huh, you know? And it's like everyone got at me. I, I, I walked down the school hallway and everyone was like, <laughs> Trife, you know? It was, there was a moment, like, I actually went to a friend and cried, and, like, I was crying, like, bad. Like, I was like, yo, like, you know, my life is ruined. I got stuck on a tree. But then it's like after that, he told me, like, you know, he, he sat me down. He told me it was gonna, everything was going to be fine. And then, you know, after I just kept going. And then, yeah, that's that's really is the origin story. That's one of the most unique stories I've ever heard, bro, for mm-hmm. a bunch of reasons. Like, of course, the actual mm-hmm. event. But, yo, the social media side of it was just because, yo, if you were born 10 years mm-hmm. earlier, that, that no one, wouldn't have happened. No one would have known. Super interesting. That probably worse than being in the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part, the, the public, because, like, like I said, going to high school at that time is like everyone has cameras, right? So yeah. them sending the picture from one person to another was like, was quick. That's crazy, bro. The it, fact that everyone, the whole, most of the whole school knew the next day, like 24 hours, is just show you how fast things got out. Real shit, just damn near instantaneous. Mm-hmm. And th- I mean, now that you're in the content creator world, mm-hmm. I mean, you were in at that time as well, but mm-hmm. you kind of, did that kind of show you how powerful this shit really is? Like, damn, if someone sees this shit, it could really. Th- then I wasn't really into it. Like that, that was before, like uh, that happened maybe in like, Sometime in November mm-hmm. or like October, maybe I don't know the exact date. And then I started posting. I posted the Dan- Daniela Burgos uh, video on, yeah. on February, so kind of bubbling. Yeah. So just from then on, I just went with it. I was like Sav Trife, and I just posted. Love that. So mm-hmm. we touched on already too. Like you've done a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. When did you decide to go like? experiment with different aspects like the let's even start with like the the reviews that you were reviewing music for a time what was the thought process behind that how'd that go yeah like the the reviews actually was uh suggested by at the time i didn't even know it was going to be one of the biggest blog pages in canada but six buzz told me to start doing uh toronto toronto reviews so i was like sure why not you know if i could review toronto rappers there were a couple I already was into, so I was like, at the time, I was just like, why not? So I did a couple, and I saw I got a lot of traction, so I, I kept doing those for a bit. Yeah. And was that people would send you songs to review, and you would just give your two cents? Initially, I reviewed artists that already were, like, you know, already known in the scene. And then after, I, had to, I started getting artists, like, offering to pay me to actually review their content. But I wouldn't do it for the money, because I was like, I wanted to really review music that was worth, you know, talking about. Right. Until until it got to the point, you know, yeah, I stopped it for a bit for certain reasons, but yeah, we, we could get into that. Like, it's part of another topic I think you were gonna talk about after. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough, bro. And I saw so before the interview, doing some research, definitely mm-hmm. going through your YouTube, and I saw that there was some time where you didn't really post much. You took a little bit of a YouTube break. I know you were still posting on IG, mm-hmm. doing other types of content. YouTube specifically, even for me, like I, it's a tricky, it's a tricky platform. Mm-hmm. What was your experience like on YouTube, and kind of what led to you taking a little break? What led to you getting back into it? Yeah, YouTube is a very, um, it's a very uh, paceful path platform, especially if you're an independent creator. I feel like it's one of those things you go at your own pace, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've studied a lot of the greats, like from like KSI to like DDG, 
you know, all the people who have been had longevity on YouTube, they've always had stents where they didn't even post for like years. Like they they've had moments where they don't even post at all, and then they come back into it. And I feel like a lot of times it's seen as a bad thing to not post for a while, but I feel like for whatever reason, because there's life outside of content creation. So whatever the reason is, I feel like it's justified as long as you come back. Because the, the process continues as long as you keep putting out content, no matter if it's still at the same level of traction beforehand or after. So that's my take on that. That's a great way to put it, bro, because you're right. It's especially in YouTube slash social media, like mm -hmm. quantity is looked at. Mm -hmm. But you're absolutely right. You have a life to live, too. Like if you're going through other shit mm -hmm. and your work is or, you know, your content is it's not the most important thing to me right now. Taking that back seat for a minute is not a bad thing at all. As long as you come back. That's, as long that's as the you come back. Because it's like it doesn't. There's no, there's not a deadline on when you got to make it. Real shit. <laughs> it's like, it's not like, okay, I have to make it in the next five years. Like, you can't control that. Did you get kind of... You can, but you can't control it in the sense of like, you can't go go crazy in the sense of like, I'm going to post every single day. And it's like, I'm surprised that I haven't made it yet. That's what Exactly. Because I mean. you can't control the results. You, you control can, your effort. output yeah. and your effort. That's but it. You're absolutely right, bro. I've seen that a lot of times. I, I had this conversation with a person before where they said, in my head, I want to get this amount of followers by the end of the year. And I'm like, okay, but that's not up to you. Mm -hmm. Like your your goal, in my opinion, should be like, I want to do this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. If this comes with it, cool. But And that's the thing I feel like, like you said to that, like I feel like a lot of people start to focus on the numbers so much that you don't, you get the numbers from how good your content is. Like I was another example, I was, side example. I was getting like a burger the other day. They were begging me to review for a cookie, but it's like if you guys actually had good service, your review would probably be higher. And a lot of people think the number is controlled by others more than themselves. But if you make really good content, you're critical about your content, you review your content, you assess your other competitors, and you're actually putting out good content, the numbers will come. And I feel like that's what's mistaken now. It's like we chase the numbers and some people buy followers, buy subscribers. And now that's like the actual number is not even like what you might even think it is. And it's like, and that's another thing. A lot of people seem ahead or behind more nowadays more than ever, but you don't even know who, who's really ahead or behind because a lot of the numbers now are superficial. And that's why it's always better to just look, at your, look in the mirror. Like just be a better content creator than you were yesterday. And that's the only way you could, you know, really get better. Because if you're looking at others and seeing like, oh, he's got more followers, but I'm better. And then he's, they got less followers. I'm better than them. But you're never going to grow. You got to keep saying like, every video I post has got to be better than the last one. That's like my mentality towards it. I completely, completely agree with you, bro. I think that's a great lesson for people to learn because that shit does seep into you as a person too. Like if you feel, oh man, I don't have enough followers, that can fuck your confidence up in your real life. And then you're no. going down a bad spiral. No, it was bad at some points. Cause like you said, we met in school, like there were points where like, I was like, my grades were so good, but I was, I was sad cause my followers were going down. And it shows you how deeply psychological that thing could get. And that's why I've started a practice where I, I take periods off social media. Mm -hmm. So like I'll delete social media and all the apps for like a week and then not touch any of it just to show that I have control over it. 
It's a great thing. And every February, I always go the whole month without even posting at all or being on social media just to like, you know, to really, because sometimes we're so indulged in, your, in the media, you look on your phone and think it's reality. But when you put down your phone, you look at the next person next to you, a loved one, you realize they're actually a lot sadder than you might think they are. You know, they're, they're actually depressed. You know, you might not see how people are really going through their day lives. And I feel like social media has a lot, made a lot of people more like desensitized to like looking at people and like really reading their body language like they're not okay. And it's easier than ever to tell people they're not okay. If you really put down your phone, you can see the average person is going through it. And that's when, when I put down my phone, I really, really see what my life is for what it is. I, I see a lot of things for a closer perception because I'm not typing or scrolling on my phone, you know? Just killing time. It's like, and we're always looking for that next laugh or next giggle or next excitement from whatever we see on our screens that we might look past the fact that like there's really someone going through it next to you that could use your help. Real shit, man. That was very, very, very well said, bro. And I completely agree. And we mm -hmm. talked about this before the interview. I'd love to get into it now, too, where it's like, yo, these social media clicks, these posts, these jokes, yo, there's people that are, are there's people that are really dealing with this shit in real life, bro. Mm -hmm. Like in the ra Toronto rap scene and hip hop in general, we talked about the Chicago guys, they did this shit too. Like, mm -hmm. you know, laughing about kids that have died, people that have died. Like, bro, there's family that's been left behind. Friends have been left behind. The shit's not a joke. No, it's, it's just really real. It's, it's, it's very real. It's very real in the sense that like there's loved ones being lost. You know, there's, there's people that, you know, that won't get to see their loved ones again. Like that 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 is real. Like I've seen some sad situations from like, you know, the 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 downtown area. It's like you see some kids that are like as young as fifteen, you say hi to them one week and like the next week they're dead, you know, over some mishap. And it's like seeing that just and then you go on the social media and it's like desensitized, like it's horrific. It's like you really when you see it firsthand, it's like, you know, it's it's horrific how you know, it's embraced in our culture now, like dissing, dissing this dead person and that dead person. It's like, I, you know, the only thing you could do is just pray. <laughs> like, that's how deep it is, like, because it's very sad and I hope the best for it. That's all. I I completely agree, bro. And it, it it's very bad. It's very bad. And also, it's just like I see people putting themselves in situations kind of willingly. Mm -hmm. Dangerous situations that they shouldn't really be involved in for... Mm -hmm a click for cloud and it's just like bro you're sacrificing your real life and mm -hmm. real peace for something that doesn't matter yeah like that that is like i feel like as a community especially like i'll allude to the black community like we got to start being more accountable like i feel like we're in a time where it's like we can't keep making excuses no more there's so much information to like make better decisions you know and I, and it's easier for me to say from my standpoint because i i was fortunate to have a certain like upbringing two-parent household but it's like there's so much more information out there to say, like, that's a wrong decision, you know? Back then, you had to go in the library to find... You could download ChatGBT and ask a bunch of questions now, and you know the answer to everything you're going through. It's like So it's like certain decisions you make, you have to be voluntarily making a stupid decision because there's so much information out there for you to say, like, if I take this path, this is not going to work, you know? And I feel like that guidance is, like, missing for some people, and I, and I hope they get that, but... It's like the information side of things, I think there's no more excuse to say, like, I didn't know, you know, like, I didn't know if I did this, like, the fire will burn my hand. Like, no, yeah. you knew, you knew the fire burned your hand, but you still touched the fire. So that's where, that's why I'm alluding to more, like, there's information out there to, like, say, don't do it. 
maybe not as much guidance to educate people about not touching that fire. But the information is there. And I feel like if you if you go out there digging for information, you can find every answer you want in this life. I completely agree with you, bro. There's no surprises anymore. No. And you touched on an interesting point. I wasn't planning on asking you about it, but I, I like that you brought it up. You mentioned growing up in a two-parent household. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something that is kind of a, a weird thing going on in today's world where it's like the two-parent household, like... Mm -hmm. it's seen as kind of like weird now where it's like it's common no i'm gonna have you know in, in the western world for sure like in the western like world for sure like the two-parent household is is not is not favoritized as much in effort yeah in 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 the media perception it's like it's still idolized like everyone still wants that idea of like i want to get married you know i want to have my family there's still that media perception and like you know i want to be that but in the terms of like actually working to put a family together and put in the, the gutter work to keep a family together, I feel like that's dying down a lot. Like people, people, the imagery goes back to social media, the imagery of that two second of seeing someone that you idolize as a couple and then liking it and then hoping it's your life and not realizing what a real marriage takes. It's, it's like people, people quit so easily in this day for that family lifestyle, but the family lifestyle is bigger than you and your romantic partner. It's about it's about that progression of the next generation. You got to make sure your kids have that foundation to say, I can stand on my own two feet because mom and dad sacrificed. Not just dad or mom alone. Mom and dad sacrificed so I could be the best version of myself, even though they might have not been the best together or whatever. You know, that's it, it's, it gets very technical when I say that, but more so I'm alluding to just that effort of just keeping that family together just died down. I agree with you, man. And that effort to me is cool. Like putting in that effort is a gr amazing thing. And now it's kind of seen as like, now nah, fuck that. I saw some brutal posts. I think it was six buzz where it was a porn star. And the she was like, yeah, if you want to leave your husband, just leave him. And I'm like, fuck, bro. Like this is the worst mm -hmm. like, message I, I could ever hear. And it's just like, yo, it's not all about getting one up. On, it's about building. It's about, you know. It's, it's, it goes back to I have this conversation with a friend a lot. It's like if you don't hold on to your cultures and your values, it's very easy to lose yourself in the Western world. Because if you're only chasing money, you're gonna do anything for money. You know, someone could make you eat, you know, dog poo for the right price. You know, if if it's not your culture, you know, to do that, you won't do it. But if you don't have a culture and money's your only hustle, you're gonna do anything to eat that dog poop. If they put like a price behind beside that dog poop and you don't have no culture nor no no background to like keep you grounded, I feel like that's the easiest way to lose yourself in the Western world. Without having that, like, you know, I'm either you're, you know, Muslim, Christian, whatever your belief is, or either you're, you know, whatever your culture is, your language, holding on to your, you know, all those things, if you lose track of that, it's very easy to get lost for the money here. It really is, man. And we've seen countless examples. And this is why I like to have these types of conversations because mm -hmm. you do. this isn't the biggest platform in the world. But if someone's listening to this shit and they're thinking how you're feeling or mm -hmm. feeling how you're thinking, like, bro, building, mm -hmm. you know, it's there's for every fucking like, I don't know if you've been following the no jumper shit, Adam 22, like yeah. for every Adam 22, I hope there's a kid that's like, no, nah, I don't want that. I want. You know, I want to be a good person. I want to have principles and standards. You know, and yeah, that situation just goes back to just what we just saw. like putting a the perfect price, example. Putting the price beside dog poop. If you put a price beside a certain amount of price beside eating dog poop, then 
He probably would have ate it too. Adam would have ate dog poop. Bro, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the next step. <laughs> like legit, like uh, real shit, man. And I'm glad we're talking about this because I think it matters to have these conversations, bro. No, I'm not just gonna fucking look at what they do and see. No, it's fine. It's not fucking fine, bro. I wouldn't want you. You're a young father, bro. Mm-hmm. Your kid's gonna grow up mm-hmm. in a time when social media is gonna be even probably more prevalent than it is for us. Mm-hmm. How you think? How do you think? them seeing this type of content like as a as a young father how have you thought about that like how am i gonna explain this to my kid how am i gonna explain this to my kid of seeing these people doing evil shit Mm -hmm. and tell them it's this is not what the world is i mean i i hope like i mean like his mom does a great job with him that's first you know shout out to his mother his mother is great and uh, i i truly i truly truly mean that and um yeah, me and his mom do a great job with him and the family support we have around him. We just give our best to him and, you know, we just hope for the best. A lot of things at that at that point we can't control. So I, I, I like to think about things I can control. Like if I'm thinking too too far, it's like who knows what's going to – if ChatGBT is here now, who knows what's going to be here in five years, ten years, by the time he's 14. Like, great answer. <laughs> like there's not – there's nothing that, like, you know, like for sure is going to be there, you know. So I just kind of keep grounded in what's going on right now and just adjust, adapt to the environment. And that's one thing. You got to keep an open mind to, you got you got to let go of that. You know, I feel like a lot of, you know, people in the back in the days, they, they have like a more closed minded ideology because it's like once you feel like you've learned everything, you close your mind to learning other things. Yep. And I feel like that's when you become an ultimate, like, fimble-minded person. Like, you become so stupid. Because if you're so close-minded to think that I've learned everything at, like, 2024, 20, that's Facebook wasn't even made then. Mm-hmm. So imagine how much information has been processed from, like, you could be open to, but you just kind of keep yourself close to what you've learned from before. I feel like a lot of people back then might have, that. like, a lot of people, that's why a lot of older people have tension with younger people because their mind is not, like, open to like saying maybe Uzi wasn't my cup of tea back then but like if I listen to him the way these young people are, and what they're going through and listen to Uzi right now I could see why you know he bumps you know so just having an open mind forever because at that point at some point you're going to be that old person at being young as well Yep. so just keep that open mind forever especially in this era where, when things are changing like you know like that some people I know some people are not using chat GPT because it's like oh I'm so scared it's like no it's going to be here yeah you know, AI is going to be here. You got to adapt to it or, you know, or someone else is going to use it to a competitive advantage to get to where they want to go. 100%, bro. Evolution is always happening. Adapt or die, honestly, man. If you don't want to adapt, it is what it is. You're going to get rinsed out. It's super, super true. Mm-hmm. So you, you, that was a fire. That was a fire conversation right there, bro. <laughs> that was an amazing topic that I'm glad you be segueing real clean though. I, I be catching them. Okay, I appreciate that. <laughs> Your man. segues are pretty clean. I'm like, oh, you did that. <laughs> I appreciate that, bro. And you know what? Those are fucking important things to talk about, man. Mm-hmm. Like we could talk about bullshit, what's going on in the news all day, but mm-hmm. this is real, like principles, man. This is real mm-hmm. jewels that can be passed on. So I yeah. appreciate you for fucking speaking on that. You, um, you, you've done a bunch of different types of content skits. Mm-hmm. I've seen you do like comedic shit. I saw what you're doing on King Street recently with yeah. the giving the girls the rose and shit. Yeah. Uh, you done the reviews. Was there anything like? Was there anything that you've done thus far where you're more passionate than others, content wise? 
I'll be quite hundred percent honest. I knew when I was gonna get on here, I was be I'll be honest most of it. Um, I just love the attention, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I, I'm a middle child. A lot of middle childs don't get enough attention at home, so I'm very upfront about that. So I just love the attention and I just go after it. So there's nothing specific I say I love more than the other. I'm fortunate enough that I'm able to make content and do all these other things. But as long as I accumulate attention, you know, it is what it is. It's just my passion, you know. Right. It's not like I'm like out here chasing. I don't know, to be the best rapper, you know, if being the best rapper gives me the most attention, then I'll go for it. But I'll I'll be honest and say that's like my core, my core drive behind just going after everything. I like that honesty, man, because I bet a lot of people feel that way, too, but won't say it. Mm -hmm. You know, I like that you'll say that shit. And also my shit versatile vigilante. You're a very versatile guy. And that that impresses me Mm -hmm. for you to be able to go walk down King Street. You look like you're by yourself. I don't know. Yeah, you're, I'm, I'm you're, you're, you're a dolo, man. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's not an easy thing to do, bro. Mm-hmm. For you to do that, for you to review some music, for you to make music, for you to do all this shit, mm-hmm. that takes balls, bro. And also... And putting it out there, that's the biggest thing, right? Putting you, it out there. You could do all that and still have it in the vault, but putting yourself out there to, to be open to judgment, whether people might like it or not, I feel like that's, that's something I always commend people on because it's like... A lot of people I know have been pump faking to, you know, I'm going to start doing this. And then I never actually do it. Talk is very cheap, man. Yeah. Very, very cheap. No, I respect it. And and we didn't even mention, too, how you're doing a lot of this shit. You're doing a, a full-time school program. You're mm-hmm. around all different kinds of people working in different industries. Like, I, I really commend it, bro, because that's a good, you're a good example of, like, you could put your mind to something and do it. Mm-hmm. Accomplish it. Never a finished Appreciate product. That. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, just a testament, testament to, to I'm a strong believer in God and and family members just pushing me to just do whatever I want to do and giving me that support to do it. I thank God for that. I love that, man. God bless. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really, really, really respect it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're being a content creator. You're in the Toronto scene. You're from Toronto. Well, mm-hmm. you moved to Toronto. Wild city we live in. Mm hmm. You can say that again. I could say that again. I could say that many times. I love the city that we're in. I mm-hmm. really do. I feel like, you know, we actually met up at the M Works Film Festival too. Shout out M Works. Like there's M-Works people, go. Uh, there's people in this city that I think are already legends. I think there's people in this city that are on their way mm-hmm. to being legends. I want to talk about some of the negatives, but I want to talk about some of the positives too. Mm-hmm. For me, dealing with someone like yourself, other people that you know we know inspires me i see a lot of people working their ass off doing creative shit Mm -hmm. how do you feel when you see you know especially young people where the you know i'm gonna put myself out there and i'm gonna really work does that give you a bit of a boost as well oh the youth youth the youth going at it is very inspiring for sure like um some it's harder for them to put themselves out there because at that age you care a lot about judgment you know you care about what your crush thinks about you care about what the guys think about you or your peers not not to say necessarily the guys but what, what people around you are doing the yeah. most around your teenagers so it's like for you to put yourself out there as a content creator is a, it's a huge step alone as it is i think so bro because we're we have a lot of talent here we've seen it you know of course the drake effect that mm-hmm. i think we'll talk about a little more too but there's a lot of people that are really doing their thing putting money up you know, putting their money where their mouth is in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really interesting to me. 
to contrast though i think it's very interesting how a lot of negative shit gets more publicity than a lot of the amazing positive things mm-hmm. and you know what i'm kind of doing that right now but it's just interesting to me bro how that that shit really does seem to sell more yeah i'll go with i'll start off before i dive into i'll go into how i'll first say this about toronto toronto's like one of the best cities in the world and i say that obviously with a bias and not being traveled as much as i want to yet but from just the little i know of toronto i could imagine like there's very few places in the world where it's as you know diverse as you know welcoming as just the whole gta just like, like the whole gta to even ha up to hamilton like very diverse very open to people from all cultures walks of life because like i said i didn't see my first um white person until i came here yep. so you can only imagine how some people from other countries can only interact with certain people that only look like them. So it's like, I've been able to grow so much from being in Toronto that I don't think I could have been able to do anywhere else in the world. And Toronto is also a place that you you love it so much that only when you leave it. When you leave Toronto, because I stayed in Hamilton, obviously my son, I, I, I lived there for a bit, right. raising him, you know? And then after, I missed it so much because I was like, just even the sight of CN Tower, I missed it so much. So I realized like, I might hate Toronto when I'm in it, when I know I leave it, it's going to be the worst feeling ever because you're going to always think about it and want to visit it all the time. But to go into the negatives, it's like there's a lot of things in the content creating uh, realm where it's like could be talked about. What, what would you want to go into first? Because this. What do you want to talk about, bro? Let me let me throw it out. I feel like there's something you want to get off your chest. I, I feel like the Toronto content creating scene is just more so like, you know, I feel like like everyone just sees the potential. And I feel like we should all be sick about hearing like there's so much potential about the Toronto rap scene and like, or, or the Toronto entertainment scene that like, why isn't this person this big or why isn't that? I feel like it's just more so a thing of like, we we, we gotta just think more so how to just keep going instead of bringing each other back. You know, I feel like there's such a, it's, it's competitive, but it's not a middle ground. Right. You know, a lot of places are competitive, but there's a middle ground where it's like, okay, this is, this is time to work, you know? And I feel like there's no middle ground in that in that aspect in the content creating realm. It's like everyone's just like, okay, I want to be better than you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like LeBron wants to be better than KD, but there's a middle ground with those guys right. outside of the court. You know, for that in Toronto, I don't think there's a middle ground where it's like outside of the, the game court, like the competition can take a break for a bit. <laughs> right. You know, like you obviously still want aim to be better than the next person. But when LeBron and eight KD get off the basketball court, they're brothers. Yeah, the game's over. Because you know why they're in the same industry? They're business partners. Like I just said, I was at the concert yesterday. I seen Brent Fires, Bron and Draymond up there and, you know, having a good time. These are rivals in the NBA court. Like, these are guys that dread each other. Like, LeBron beat Draymond 3-1, and these guys are up there turning up. It shows you that there's possible to be a middle ground, even though, you know, these guys are trying to kill each other on the court. Yeah. You can still be competitive, but don't take it outside of – when the game you know outside of content creation right there's a time and a place mm-hmm. i feel you bro and i i i've noticed this especially in the last year or so like even just in the podcast game like i think in 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 toronto and i i'm sure it's a thing in other cities too but we speak on toronto for real mm-hmm. i think we think that there's only one spot available like in the podcast world, I see how some guys move, and I think they think that there's only room for like one big Toronto podcast. Or <laughs> rap, I think, is the same, where like there's only room for one or two like top guys. Pick your field. Mm-hmm. I'm sure in the in the like skits game, YouTube there's probably that or YouTube any- game, 
And that's just so false because that's but, a regional mindset, bro. This shit is universal. Like I said, I've been at this since 16. I'm 24 now. Like, the amount of people I've tried to collab with or try to network with in the city, it's a lot. And it's like, it's one excuse after the other, you know? They might have a set amount of followers than you or have a certain people following them or they might not reach back. They might move Hollywood. And it's it's it's, it's so sickening to the point is like, I already know who's willing to work and who's going to make it just from certain interactions I've had with certain cats in Toronto. Because like, you, you either want this or you don't want it. You know, it's right. like, there's no point to move like a certain level of like, Hollywood or SAS to 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 work in towards you know building your brand and you know collaboration is actually faster you know think about it why do you think there's so much corporations <laughs> and not shareholders you know why do you think they're all coming together why yeah. do you think it's more it's more easy to win together and all these businesses that have been around forever win when they're together it's, it's not it's, this is not like this is not a thing that's new it's just Everyone just thinks them, 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 solely, solely them. But it's okay to think about yourself, but realize you can improve yourself from working with others. Yeah. Because now your audience, like now, my audience knows about your podcast and your audience knows about what I do in my content creating space. Is That is a win-win regardless of how things end up. Absolutely. And there's no, it's not really a race. It's, it's you're going at your own pace. I'm going at my own pace. The next person's going at their own pace. It's just about you giving your best effort for yourself. Extremely well said, bro. Mm -hmm. uh, I I love what you just said. One thing that I've learned to, with the collaboration, like for like what we're doing right now, it's easy, bro. We're chopping mm -hmm. it up, fucking awesome vibe. Like it's easy. I've seen when, like for example, collaborating on a bigger project where now money's involved and credit is involved i think that's often when things get kind of fucked up and if two guys are both like trying to come up together i think that's when the egos start to clash you know i think it would be nice if there was like a little bit of a guy that when when sometimes like there's someone that is is maybe a little bit further ahead mm -hmm. could help this guy get do you know what i'm trying to say I know like what when you're, you're both on the same level because i even have it for me bro like if mm -hmm. a, a podcaster came to me and was like Yo, let's have a show together, and we're both kind of like similar. I'd be like, I don't know, bro. Mm. So it's like it's a weird. You know what I'm trying to say? It's it's like it goes back because we're both students, so I could yeah. refer this to where you could understand that better. If you collaborate with another student, even though it doesn't reach that level of collaboration with like a professor or someone in the industry, that student, you never know what they could end up being. Facts. So it's like at that point, you guys are eye to eye, but you never know, especially in this industry. People could, like, I've seen people blow up, like, overnight, you know? Some people blow up within a year, within six months. So it's like, at that moment, the illusion is, like, you think you're eye to eye with that person. But that's why I collab with everyone. Like, I collab with, and if you reach out to me and you're really serious and you want to collab, I'll collab with you. It's just some people are not serious. They bluff about it. But if you if you collab with certain people at whatever level, then they have that respect for you for whatever level they get to. So then you're thinking those guys that are up, but you might you might be next to a person who's up there already, right? But it's just not visibly there, you know. And that goes back to the illusion of numbers. You see someone with a certain amount of followers more than you, but you don't even know how much your effort is compared to theirs. Facts. So it's like that's why I, I try to detach from looking at certain subscribers and certain follower numbers because sometimes you might see, oh, this person has this much number for it, but you don't even know how much because when you create your own content and you see how much effort you're putting and you compare it to others, you realize like those numbers don't even mean anything. 
it's because like the, the work and effort you're putting in is like those, those guys can't even understand it because it's like you put so much effort into what you're creating your content that it will, it will show eventually you just got to keep going real fucking shit bro you just got to keep going because that's why you got to keep that humility always you're absolutely right man uh, that's an amazing way to put it because it's so super true like what does that even mean to be on the same level what does that even fucking mean like especially in the content entertainment industry like there's not it's like school is like it's very clear first year second year fourth year here you don't even know no exactly <laughs> there's no there's no rules there's no there's no like okay, there's no league there's no like you know absolutely right so you're never too far from the next person you're never too far whoever you think is living that hollywood life you want to live is not you're never too far from them especially in this industry just because there's no there's no set criteria to get you to a certain point it's just you just kind of keep going you you hustle facts no formula there's no formula not in science class here it's not (laughs) real shit man just go actually you know what so i've talked about this quite a bit in the past i'm just now curious to hear your opinion on it Mm -hmm. we already brought up six buzz earlier Blog pages, not just Toronto blog pages, but in general, even like you see the no jumper page. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about them? Do you feel like they help or hurt or neither? I I, I also did blog pages for a bit and I could understand the mindset behind because I used to post like like different content on my page, on my Instagram. And I can understand the, like how they view things. They're more so looking to just interact with the audience. Yep. So they post whatever they feel the audience engages with the most. So that's how they stay relevant with all the algorithms and stuff. Because algorithms is the audience, so you have to stay relevant to the audience. So I feel like for them, it's like from the from the outside point of view. If you're not the people pushing out the the these posts, you you might think like, why are they pushing out this heinous things and all this sick stuff? But it's like this is what everyone wants to interact with. So for them, it's like they could post about how you know someone's doing so great for a community or someone's doing all these beautiful things, but people are gonna be ah okay cool. But if it's like this guy's about to fight this guy on the world stage and it's like you call him a you know whatever everyone's like oh my goodness that's what yeah the audience has been bound to engage to and i feel like they those blog pages they just read off that right and a lot of them are just strictly business so that's why they they might come off to the 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 general public as like why are you posting this like you always post this type of it's just what the is what you guys are engaging with yeah that's what it is you know it's a little bit it kind of reminds me of like the drug world like mm-hmm. yeah i'm selling you these drugs but you're buying these drugs like it won't come back consistently to you know even though it's not necessarily ethical yeah specifically to drugs but the the content like the the blog pages they're just thinking like strictly business and it's like it has a ripple effect don't get me wrong and it's like it has it takes a toll on the an individual mindset but it goes back to your self-discipline on what you you see on media and how you perceive it you know because then again it goes back to different things like you go to a certain part of the world and what you think is being posted on all these blog sites is what everyone thinks but you go to like nevada they don't know no don't know what six bush just posted yeah facts. <laughs> so it's like if you take a break from looking at all those things you can always like open your horizon to say like okay this is just one side of the world or whatever you know it's so easy to get lost it goes back to that what we talked about earlier that social media illusion was like if you really touch grass and really go certain places you realize like what people are saying on social media is not even what they even feel they're just going out doing you know no one really cares absolutely right no <laughs> one really cares that's so so fucking true bro <laughs> i uh i really learned that lesson heavy during the COVID time too where 
like if you turn on any sort of news or any type of content it was always just mass hysteria mm-hmm. meanwhile it might have been like 25 degrees out and sunny mm-hmm. and it's like fuck bro i'm gonna enjoy this weather you know and that's why it's extremely important as a creator to focus on yourself first because whatever content you're making will be taken care of by somebody else yourself it should be your number one priority because someone else will post something similar to what you're going to post and the audience might do that for that time but if you keep trying to post just to keep up with posting and you're not okay then it's like you're gonna the long-term demise will be worse than that short-term gain of like okay i'm posting but i'm not okay real shit bro you know? and th- that's so facts mm-hmm. like if you you're absolutely right man <laughs> you're yourself i actually um this interview with cast i don't know if you watched the casper interview with vlad do you watch that one i've seen clips of it yeah so whatever it wasn't a great interview but there was one part of it that i thought was very interesting where uh vlad was talking asking him about like his his life and being in the streets and shit and he's like how come like you have all these successful songs but you were doing this shit in the streets and he's like bro it wasn't like i drop a song and it gets a million plays and now my life is better Mm -hmm. like bro my life was exactly the same still like what i was involved in the fact that i had a million plays did not solve any other problems in my life and it was such a simple way to put it but it really hit me where it's like bro this shit is not real like it it, if you can turn it into something real amazing Mm -hmm. but it's it's separate this shit's separate bro yeah a lot of a lot of cats in the city there's only a select few who are really like this is their full-time hustle and they're like you know they're making like bank off it but like a lot of people who are creators are still like working their regular jobs and like if they are working and trying to make ends means like every every other person exactly. don't, don't let the attention fool you to think that you know they're that much above that's why i always remain humble because like no matter how much attention you think you have you're still another person and it should be that way i think it's like just you just got to carry yourself like a regular person because like not everyone's gonna see you that way just because you have a set you know audience that sees you in that mogul aspect of like oh you're this entertainer not everybody else thinks of you like that. So you got you can't carry yourself so high up to think like, oh, I'm better than everyone because I got this. Nah. That's how I, I always remember to stay grounded because it's like, that's what that's what drives a lot of people crazy in this industry for sure. You're absolutely right, bro. In, in life in general, man, like I met you again through that school thing. I work for a corporation and I see it in a corporation where they, you know, a certain job title, I see it in them. They think that they're better than someone else and it's like no bro that's not how it fucking works and the reality is like working corporate like the real bosses are the most nicest ones yeah like the, the actual like higher up bosses the ones that are actually really like putting in the work like i know some people work in corporate like they're work, waking up 5 a.m you know they put in a certain amount of effort then go to work and then manage like a whole crew yeah you know like those guys will come and shake hands smile with you they, they treat they treat the the lowest level person, the person mopping the floor is no different than the person who they got to tell to fix their accounts and make sure the money's straight. Those, like I've seen real bosses and a lot of people have that illusion of like, oh, I'm a boss and like I point at fingers and no, those are not bosses. No. Those are, I don't know what to call them, but they're not, the real bosses actually do the dirty work even at their level. And that's that's one thing that I feel like could be brought to the Toronto entertainment scene. Like, you still got to do the dirty work, no matter how much followers you have. You got to do the dirty work. You got to go shake hands. You got to go meet people. You got to go make that same content you were making before I make it better than it was a couple years ago. It's, you just got to do the dirty work. Very, very, very well said, man. And 
You're absolutely right, bro, because business. Mm. Business is, is something completely separate. Like, you can even be an amazing artist, amazing content creator, but if your business is not on point, it's going to fuck things up. We touched on this before, too, where it's like, um, you know, there's been to, to host a concert in Toronto is like sketchy. You know, we had Rolling Loud last year, and I actually thought it went quite well. Mm hmm. Just because I thought things were going to go extremely crazy. It hasn't come back since. So I'm kind of interested to hear your opinion on like the business perspective of the entertainment world. <laughs> we talked about it earlier. Like you said, like it's 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 yeah, it's it's bad right now, but I'm hoping it gets better. But like as of right now, like business and the Toronto entertainment industry are not meeting eye to eye. And it's and it sucks for a lot of the creators because like you could be such a great creator and still be making no money. Yeah. You know, and you could be one of the best in the city if that business part is not you no know, there. And it's like when I mean business, there's so many aspects to it. But what I just said prior was just more so I'm, I'm referring to the relationship part of business in the city. I feel like there's no like I said, that middle ground, as I mentioned before, like there's no middle ground where it's like. We're done creating. We're done hooping. We're done playing in the basketball court like Bron. I refer to basketball a lot because I love hooping. Uh, like LeBron and KD, like they're done hooping. After hoops, you guys are blood. You guys are brothers. You guys are from the same city. Yeah. And I feel like that's what gets missing a lot. It's like, I want to be a better creator than you. And that's okay. Be competitive in creating. Make sure you make a, try, try to make a better video than me. I'll, I'll take a personal and try to make a better video than you. But outside of that, we could go hang out. Mm -hmm. We could go shoot some hoops. We're still, you know, we're still like, you know, in that same sense of like, we're from Toronto. And I feel like that's what's missing in Toronto. It's like, there's no middle ground to say like, I'm trying to be better than you, but we can't be friends. Right. We still be friends, you know? Right. And that, that's, that's, that's what's been hurting the city a lot. It's like, everyone wants to be better than the next person. And it's like, we still don't, you know, think of each other as one of each other because we want to think we know. Yeah, uh, that's facts, bro. I I mean, I know we talked about that potential word where it's like, uh, but I do think there is potential for improvement because I do kind of like what I've been seeing. I'd say right now the two biggest guys after Drake, of course, is uh, Pressa and Smiley. And I see that they're, mm -hmm. I think, I am just based off social media, but it seems like they fuck with each other. Like I see them in LA together and like, I think that's a good sign. I hope yeah. that's like a sign of things uh, to come. Uh, that could be just a drag on to just the impact of Drake. Yes. Imagine the impact of Drake on both of those careers. You know, Drake, Drake, like we talked about earlier again, Drake, like Drake really is the reason that we have a lot of creators from every level, you know, from actors to rappers to he's one of the first people that made it at that scale to inspire the masses to think, okay, I can maybe be like Drake and being from the GTA Toronto area. Yeah. And that's why you have a lot of producers, you have engineers, you have act aspiring actors you have everyone here wanting to be to that level because drake made it seem possible to everyone people don't realize how hard drake worked to get there you know and and like when you try to, to aim for that and get there you realize how much work drake put in it's probably in the same amount of hours you we probably never gonna get to see because you know he did that he definitely did bro and he he's a huge resource man i i, I think even because rap music well music in general like it's i think pretty rare for someone to drop music consistently mm -hmm. all the time like i'm sure there will be a time where he probably doesn't release a ton of music mm -hmm. but i definitely see him going down that r route of just being a fucking 
mogul. Yeah, he like we said he already is. We said earlier he takes this personal. He takes yeah. he takes it personal and I think that's what keeps you in the game too. I think you gotta take a lot of things personal, but still remain business. And that's what people miss out with Drake. Drake is still he's he's going at it with certain rappers, but you still see him like keeping it cordial because he knows it's still a business. Yes. There's yes, so many artists exactly. he's gone gone at and he's still trying to keep it cordial because it's a business. It's, it's nobody's feelings involved. Like you gotta keep your feelings aside when it comes to business. You know, Absolutely and right. that's what that's what keeps hurting the actual Toronto rap scene when it comes to that. It's like there's so many talent that could be making so much money because of what they can do, but it's like the business and the feelings need to be separated. You know, sometimes you're going to get hurt. Like we talked about earlier, sometimes agents in the NBA tell a player, like, we couldn't get your trade. Like, imagine Damian Lillard now. Like, his agent just told him he probably can't get traded to Miami. He's going to say, fuck the NBA. Exactly, bro. <laughs> no, exactly. F, F everybody, you know. You know, like, and exactly. then ruin his business. Like, it's a business. You got to keep it cordial. You got to keep it classy and just keep going, you know? A hundred percent, bro. And that's probably the thing that frustrates me more than anything. Like, mm-hmm. fuck, bro. Like, I don't know. I, like, some of the corporate shit is scumbag shit. But mm-hmm. I do like how, you know, negotiations It'll, can happen. It, and, mm-hmm. you know, in this fucking like clout world where it's mm-hmm. like everything's public no not everything should be fucking no, publicized not man. at all it's ridiculous if a contractor that you're trying to you know negotiate doesn't go your way you're not gonna say well about apple or no. about now you just close that door forever exactly because then you just prove that oh well we're not gonna work with this nuisance because he's bad for business yeah because you're emotional <laughs> and cheesed for you an know, hour and you fucked yourself you're bad for business it's like you just you just didn't get the offer you wanted you didn't get the amount of money you like or whatever the the video or whatever you collabed with them didn't go through as possible and now you go on the internet well look at this guy 100% agree, bro. And to be honest, I'm going to give some game uh, I'm going to give some insight into me. When I see people like specifically like ranting on IG and like exposing info that I feel should be private, mm-hmm. I remember that shit. Like if mm-hmm. you do that, it shows it shows you can be counted on. Yes. You know? And that's what's like go like corporate, right? There's a lot of people behind this that machine that makes it a successful business and it's like if you can't keep things within within the family pretty much because it becomes a family when you work corporate yep then you like you can't be trusted can't be trusted bro I, uh, that's exactly how i see it if you can go off the deep end like that mm-hmm. why why wouldn't you another time you could sell the whole company out at any point and that's why, that's why that's why that's why there's gatekeepers to this to this game because it's like people gotta earn their stripes and that's why i, I respect that because like imagine a nuisance comes in there and then comes in there and just you know he thinks he's better than everyone and this, this is a corporate company that's been around for 20 plus years and it comes in there it's kind of just mess everything up it's like I, I i respect why it's like that when you when you work in this certain type of industries you understand why it's like that why it should be like that because people people come with certain egos and think they've know everything when they don't even exactly understand how to rise from the bottom and earn your stripes and that's actually like you've brought up basketball a few times like <laughs> the presence of a veteran is so important on a basketball team or any team mm-hmm. if a young guy's coming in and they're a little bit too cocky like bro that veteran is there to, to keep you grounded. That Udonis Haslam is there. Yeah, you gotta, that, you gotta you know? do some rookie, rookie stuff to make sure you know, you know, you're a rookie. You know, you're still. You might have gotten your big NBA contract, exactly. But bro. you still, you still gotta work your way up and be in the league. Like the average span for the NBA, I believe, is like five years. Mm-hmm. Super short. So it's like you better respect your veterans because they're there. <laughs> Real shit. They had to work their ass off to and, stay there. In any industry, too. It's even like. Even me being in the industry for six plus years, you better have some respect for me because, like, I could have been 
you know, stopped. Young people I've, I've come up with and just quit Crazy or gone off the map. Bro. Crazy amount. It's, just, it's insane. It's like, and it's like, I'm still here making content in Toronto. So it's like, if you're a content creator, have a bit of respect to know what I've put in that background in terms of years. That's all I'm saying. Big facts. And I, I completely agree. And even uh, with Drake too, like he's an interesting guy because for a lot of reasons, obviously. But one mm -hmm. thing that I've always found interesting with him, he's always had the reputation of being like the sassy like guy. Mm -hmm. Even now, like he's always water. Water. Yeah, yeah, do your thing, bro. Um like I remember back, especially pre Meek Mill beef, mm -hmm. the Drake narrative, especially I feel for like like Charlemagne would always fucking make fun of Drake and like you remember that shit. Oh, like him the, being soft. Yeah, I don't the think music. Drake is soft at all. No, I don't because think Drake is soft at all. yo, the thing that he's done time and time again is I can't really recall a beef that he started. Mm -hmm. It's always someone like bringing him up and then he deals with it. Like he, the Meek Mill one was the perfect example where he started saying some shit mm -hmm. on Twitter, mm -hmm. like insane. Like, mm -hmm. disrespectful, bro. Like, if he said that about any other rapper, they would have felt a way about it. Mm -hmm. He started it. And Drake bodied him in that shit. Like, that's not an opinion. Everyone knows he he killed him. And he put his career on the line. He put his that. career on the it, line. It could have ended bad for Drake if he, if if that beef didn't lean towards his favor. Because that was a pivotal moment in his career to, Huge. Where, to where he is right now. And it and, is. And people don't give him enough credit for taking that risk. Shout I out to Serena. I agree, bro. <laughs> Serena Williams. She encouraged him to, to, to drop that track because that that second track just ended him. That was like some And I was and that's just coming from a Meek Mill fan. Like I was a core Meek Mill fan. So it's like when I heard um what's that song called? Back to back. Crazy. Just even hearing the name of the song just oh, man. chills. That that fucked up that fucked the world up, man. And he handled that shit like it was a real like and people okay. still still call Drake soft, which is crazy. No, and even uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that you probably did, like the mm -hmm. We talked about it actually. Elliot Wilson took a little bit of a shot at Drake, where it's like, ah, I wish you'd do more interviews with like hip hop culture. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and Drake responded to that, and I'm like, bro, you started it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, when you mention someone's name or you mention what someone's doing when they had nothing to do with you, mm -hmm. and then they respond, bro, you're, you're free game, you know? And yeah. I feel like that's always been Drake. Like, I can't think of one thing where he's gone out of his way to just talk shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he's built for that war, but he's never the one firing that first shot, bro. Push it T started that shit. Like, mm -hmm. everyone that I could think of that has a problem with Drake, Charlemagne was always naming drake like you know what i'm saying yeah and he's someone who i just i like how he handles those situations like when it's time okay i'm gonna step on your fucking neck bro like mm -hmm. you fuck with i feel like he's the ultimate you fuck with the wrong guy mm -hmm. and, and in this industry i was alluding to it recently i saw a, a camera guy post a picture exposing someone who who didn't pay their money and i commented under it i was like today yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you, yeah. I don't want to mention too no. much into detail about it, but pretty much the guy owed the camera guy some money and he got exposed. I saw that. And I'm like, in this industry, you gotta protect your reputation with your life. You know, you gotta you gotta fight for it, even if it's like you can't fight for it. You gotta fight for it to the death, because once your reputation is ruined, it's hard to recover. Yep. You know, so that's why Drake takes all this shit personal. When you speak on his name publicly, like you're you're coming for his kid, because that's how he feeds his kid. So how can you get mad at him for, you know, having to fight for his reputation? Like, these things being said about his name publicly, he has to come out and combat that because 
you know, you're, you're, you're trying to mess with his bread, how he feeds his people. Like, I, I understand why he takes it personal. I completely agree, bro. Because it's a great example, too. Of, like, mind your own business, man. Like, it's, mm-hmm. why are you bringing this guy's name up? Why are you bringing people's names up? And in entertainment, too, I see that too many times where, it like, interviews is an amazing example. Asking, like, a guy about street beef. You're now involving yourself in that. You know, mm-hmm. like, why? Why bring yourself into that? Like, I think that's bad. It's, it's for clicks. And, you know, like I said, it goes back to the, that that rush, that chase of, you know, attention. And it's like, Facts. it comes with real life consequences when you put down your phone. I'll tell you that. It, it really, that's exactly. And you know what, bro? You're not a victim in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't wish any violence on anybody. But when you're putting yourself in, you're putting yourself in, bro. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. Interesting shit. So big basketball guy too, eh? I love hoops, man. Quick question for you. I wasn't planning on asking, but I, I'm interested to hear your opinion on this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Brown got that huge contract recently. Mm-hmm. My thoughts were, it kind of made me a little bit sick. Not mm-hmm. because of Jalen Brown. It's really nothing to do with him. It's just the fact that this amount of money is now being paid to, to athletes. I just find it kind of crazy in, in today's day and age where rent is through the roof mortgages through the roof foods through the roof but then a basketball player who doesn't really need to sell any tickets it's all guaranteed money 60 mil a year for me it like kind of left a weird taste in my mouth and i'm a basketball fan thoughts on this i I can see why you feel that way but like athletes man I don't even want to know how hard they work. Because first, you got to be physically blessed and talented by God to, like, have certain capabilities. For sure. Height, you know, especially basketball. You need, you need to have at least some type of leverage and height. So it's like for you to then capitalize on that, like, like I'm just kind of alluding to the amount of work they put in. Like, I don't, I can't even, I don't even understand how hard these guys in the NBA are working. The, the actual, like, great ones. Because there's still some people in the NBA that are, like, sorry. But, like, the good ones, like, are deserving of that money. But I wouldn't, you know, I, I, I feel like it's it's earned, you know. That's, that's you how feel I feel like it's earned. Yeah, like it's, I feel like if you were in their shoes, I feel like you'd believe that you're deserving of every dollar. That's my assumption because I can't imagine being an athlete. You sold your life to like just, you know, every day. Like your body is your your, your price. You know, you're, you're not even a person, you're an object. You know, they, they check your height, your weight. Yeah. You know, like you're... It's a there's a lot of rewards, but it's like you know I mean while you're in it and like we talked about the average lifespan of an NBA player like you better get your bag oh for sure you know so it's like once you get your money you can invest it properly and hopefully you have generational wealth that's the way I would look at it as an athlete it is and like Jalen Brown he's kind of in a tough spot because like what was he supposed to do turn that contract down absolutely not no one in the right mind would no fuck no I've never <laughs> never even suggested I just like damn unless <laughs> that's you're a Mbappe. lot of bread. Yeah, that billion dollar. Uh, I started. I started threw my son a soccer ball. <laughs> get him, get him ready, bro. I, I threw out the hoop and threw him a soccer ball. I saw that contract. I was like, oh, get him a soccer ball, man. <laughs> it's more from me, like, and I consider myself a capitalist. It's mm-hmm. Just like I started feeling like, oh man, like there's surgeons that don't get paid that. There's fucking teachers that will never sniff that. Like I just uh-huh. got in my feelings, bro. I'm like, fuck, that's just so much money, man. Yeah, you got to think about the work though. Work it's a lot of work. It's, it's a, a lot of work. Entertainers get that bag for a reason, cause like, think about when people see your content. Like, they could have a, such a depressing day. 
Yeah. You know, and like they That's can, true. like sometimes I realize that my impact when I, some people some people tell me about like sometimes they will be going through the worst breakup or they lost the loved ones and they'll scroll up on my content just like you know they'll watch it they laugh you know it makes them feel makes them feel a little bit better you know that type of stuff is like I can understand why there's so much value and expense expended on all these big entertainers because like that that right there is like. You know, it could change the trajectory of your life. It could be the reason you don't even kill yourself because, like, you watch a video and it's like, huh. you know, like, life is not that bad. That's real, man. That's a good way to look at it because for me, it's like watching the Celtics is not really a thing for me. But you're right. For some kid, that might be, like, his favorite thing in the world to like do. Like, any entertainer, like, because I didn't did everyone in this realm is performing. You know, mm-hmm. you're performing for the masses to, you know, give them that moment of gratification from watching you. So it's like, you better perform, you know? Because you never know who might watch it, and that could be like, you know, something that, you know, enlightens their day, makes them feel their day a bit better, you know? Well said, bro. Very well said. It's a very it's a very serious job, like, being an entertainer. Like, if you take it personal. Because it it's like your change. It's like, it's like the impact you have on people from when they see you, you know, see your work. It's like, it's very, it means a lot more than you think it is from when you put it out, you know, from this podcast to anything. Like, this could be someone killing their, their free time to, like, you know, keep them keep them calm, you know? Someone could be, like, you know, going through anything you could think of and come and watch your content. And, like, you don't know how deep this stuff is. But for creators, a lot of times you just think, oh, I'm just putting out content, putting out music, but you don't know what it could, how it can impact people's lives. And I think that's why they get the big dollars for me personally. That's why I think entertainers are deserving of those big dollars. Very well said, man. That that's a great way to look at it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Even it's like if if someone's willing to pay you this, then you're worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's real as fuck, bro. So yo, we're we're over an hour now. Time fucking flies. Yeah. What I want to ask you, um, you've been you've been dropping some skits, some um, outside chronicles, which mm-hmm. I quite enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Near future, what uh, what are some tree fay? tree fate plans um definitely just i feel like i i don't use my voice a lot on social media so just trying to talk more on social media and just kind of like you know collaborating will be something i want to do as well to you know going outside to america seeing um seeing how i could collaborate there yeah just being being myself on camera that's the hardest thing to do i feel like it's a lot of times you want to emulate others and you want to want to be like the next person or you want to be like the people that inspired you but just trying to like be my authentic self on camera is something i'm working towards you know but yeah that's i think you're getting there bro I, mm-hmm. those king street videos like you're <laughs> carrying yourself like the same as you are here and yeah. like, i fucked with it yeah it's 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 something i'm working on and i hope to get better at keep it up bro the only only way is up Amen. i strongly strongly feel that way just because you mentioned the states, any city specifically you want to touch first? Uh, the, the the major entertainment cities like um, L.A., Miami, Atlanta, New York. Where else? Yeah, those those are the little big entertainment cities I think about. Like as far as content creators go, to so just really networking with those people up there and see, seeing how they move and their pace and just kind of you know adapting. Thanks. I'll reach with you, bro. Let me know when you're down. Let's, <laughs> Let's go, go to Miami. Let's go to Miami. I went to LA last year. It was fucking sick. I had mm-hmm. the first time there. I had a great time. I heard there's like celebrities everywhere. I actually didn't see any celebrities, but yeah. I still had an awesome time. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, bro. I, I think that would be a great step for you. Definitely. I love to do that. I feel like that's a huge part of growth as a content creator, traveling and seeing how other people in other regions, you know, hustle over there with their content. Fuck yeah, man. New, uh, new location, a little bit of new perspective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Any last words, bro? Anything you'd like to promote? Anything you'd like to share? Anything you'd like to bring up? Probably just the message to the youth. Probably just kind of, you know, encourage them to keep going and understand that you don't have to have everything figured out and um just kind of you know hold on to something that defines you could be either your belief or um uh your your culture you know hold on to that for dear life and um just be yourself and you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna mess up you're gonna do things that you know you wish you didn't do and embrace those things and you know use that as motivation to you know be better the next time so yeah ultimately just just be great be yourself you know appreciate all those who helped you along the way your, your parents all those who, who've been there for you to to be where you're at you know and realize that you, you you don't do it by yourself and like even for you watching this right now to be where you are watching this video there's a lot of sacrifices that have been made for you just to sit down and you know watch this video so appreciate those people who did those for you yeah Chief Gang. Chief Gang, man. Love Chief that. T- underscore TV on Instagram. Chief TV on YouTube. Google me. You find me. Love it. You heard it from the man. I appreciate you, bro. Right. Chief TV. Appreciate it, man. Great conversation. Like, comment, subscribe, follow, everything. Subscribe man. to Versatile, man. Versatile Vigilante. First interview, Let's get man. it, baby. Let's go. First interview out, out, outside. Let's get it.